0: How many of us grow up knowing when we ovulate? Not many. And on a very physical and very practical level, I think that this is a travesty. Ovulation you know, is the key marker of a healthy menstrual cycle. It is what makes our hormones each and every month. And without it, so many other body systems and processes can be compromised. So this episode is focusing on how to know when you ovulate, when you're approaching ovulation and when it has actually occurred. And we do this by looking at our three main fertile signs or we could call them the three signs of ovulation. Now if you're like me and didn't get this education when growing up you may feel a little upset Or frustrated that you didn't know this earlier I know I certainly did felt a little bit ripped off to be honest that all of this precision and magnificence was occurring and not only did I not know what was happening what I did notice made me think that there was something wrong with me so menstruating and non menstruating women take a listen and share this information with other women in your lives, especially the younger ones. We all need to know this basic and like I said, magnificent physiology and to appreciate what's happening in our bodies and to know that there is absolutely nothing wrong with what we notice and what we see particularly in regards to the cervical mucus that I'm going to talk about Now, if you haven't already, you can now download my ebook that outlines everything in the episode for free. Just head over to followyourflow.com.au and grab your copy. While you're there, you can check out the CycleWise Woman program that's getting ready to launch this is an eight-week intimate program that officially brings together and brings to life what I have been supporting women with for many years. So you can check that out now at followyourflow.com.au forward slash cycle wise dash woman. You can register your interest for the introductory intake that will be at a fraction of the final cost of the comprehensive program. Now, please remember, as always, that the information in this episode is for informational purposes only. Please make sure that you see your medical practitioner if you intend to make any changes to your healthcare plan as a result of listening to this podcast. Now, let's get into finding out more about your three main fertile signs.
1: You're listening to Follow Your Flow your podcast on all things women's health, menstruation, and fertility. Your host, fertility awareness educator, women's health practitioner, and lover of all things health and healing brings her wealth of experience along with the real experiences of women and the expertise of health professionals. If you're looking for real and insightful conversations with real women, along with inspiring and lasting ways to improve your health, then you've come to the right place. Here's your host on Follow Your Flow, Sarah Harris. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Flow podcast.
0: Today I'm going to be talking to you about your three main fertile signs. These are signs in your body that indicate to you when you ovulate or when you're leading up to ovulation. Now, these signs in our body are not something that we are taught. We're not really educated on understanding these. I know I certainly wasn't. When I was growing up, I didn't really know anything about ovulation. It wasn't until I started studying health and charting my cycle and getting to understand what was really going on in my body that I became absolutely fascinated by this very unknown event by many, many women. It is the main event of our cycle, ovulation. Without ovulation, we wouldn't be menstruating. So ovulation is what we're really looking at when we're looking at any issues with the cycle. It's really about the quality of the ovulation. So why do women want to get to know ovulation? Generally in the clinic, what I see is that women start to want to get to understand and know when they ovulate only when they're interested in trying to conceive. So they want to have a baby, which is, you know, this is completely understandable. They want to have a baby. For whatever reason, things aren't working out as maybe as quickly as they would like to, and they come across fertility awareness method to get to know and understand exactly when they're ovulating so that they can then time intercourse at the appropriate time to ensure that they are giving that their best chance, I guess, at conceiving. So that's the main reason why women may come across their ovulation and fertile signs. The other reason why a lot of women do come across this method or just wanting to get to know when ovulation happens is because of contraception. So for whatever reason, they are looking for a method of contraception that doesn't involve interfering with their hormones like hormonal contraception does. And they're looking for something that gives them an indication of when their fertile days are and when their infertile days are. And the fertility awareness method is a very viable form of contraception. In fact, its perfect and typical use is is very similar, if not the same, as the oral oral contraceptive pill. There is, with fertility awareness, involvement of the user being um, very involved (laughs) in using the method. So this is what they need to, to be doing. They need to be looking at these fertile signs. So, it has a bit of a using the method, has a bit of a a byproduct, if you like, of getting to know your body, and I think that that's probably the best byproduct that you could ever have in terms of a contraception and any any um you know conception as well. You're getting to know and understand your body on a whole other level, which is so super cool. Then we have women who do come to wanting to know and understand this just from curiosity, just from wanting to get to know their body, just wanting to deepen that connection with themselves. And that's a very great way to come to getting to know these fertile signs. The thing about these fertile signs is, is that they are happening all the time anyway. So it's just a matter of us being aware of them, getting to know them and charting them, documenting it so that we can see a pattern so that we can see, okay, well, what is you know, my cervical mucus doing in the first part of my cycle? And how does that confirm ovulation? And what is my temperature doing to, to back up that and to confirm that I have ovulated? And How do I know when I ovulate? Then how many days later will I get my period? There's so many benefits to understanding when you ovulate. And when you actually chart these signs, you also get an insight into your health, getting an insight into your body. It's like being able to, you know, get to have a printout every month of how your hormones are tracking and, you know, what's going on in your body by actually paying attention, you know, not something that we're encouraged to do as we learn about our bodies as we're growing up. So let's get into it, shall we? We'll talk about these three fertile signs. What are they? Number one, the main fertile sign that you need to be looking out for is cervical mucus. Now, I don't know about some of you, but cervical mucus was something that I was a little bit disgusted by as I was growing up and my body was developing and I started menstruating and, you know, would find this discharge in my underwear every so often didn't know that there was a pattern to it, but just every so often and was like, oh my gosh, that's a bit disgusting. What is that? And always thought there might be something a little bit wrong. However, this was in contrast to, to my thinking. This is actually one of the signs that you have a very healthy cycle and it's showing you that your body is responding to hormones the hormone changes in your body. So the benefits of, you know, educating young women on this is is just incredible because we really need to know that there is nothing wrong with us. You know, how many messages do we get throughout a day that confirms or tells us that there's something wrong with us? There is nothing wrong with you. Cervical mucus is a very normal and very healthy part of your cycle and it is a very healthy part of your body's response to your hormones and it is telling you a lot of information. It is communicating a lot to you and it's important to pay attention. So with your cervical mucus it is important to chart every day and get to know the changes So where does it come from? It comes from your cervix. It is your body's response to the estrogen that is being produced in the first part of your cycle. So the follicles in your ovaries are being stimulated and these follicles then produce estrogen and that estrogen has an effect on the cervix. The cervix is at the base of your uterus. It is the most amazing organ that we don't know enough about or we don't get taught enough about, that's for sure, that has these little glands that produce mucus, different kinds of mucus at different times of the cycle. So it's incredible intelligence here in the body. And as we lead up to ovulation, it produces changing type of mucus that can range from, first of all, after you finish bleeding from dry, no significant cervical mucus to then moving towards a moistness or what could be described as a stickiness or a creaminess and then all the way to when we get to that peak mucus which is right before ovulation where it might be slippery and wet or it will be slippery and wet. So then after ovulation has occurred it stops because the hormones have changed. Ovulation occurs and we start producing progesterone as a result of ovulation. So that progesterone then affects the cervix as well and it closes the cervix and it dries the mucus. That's its job, that's what it does. So first of all, we have the estrogen being stimulating the the cervix in the first half of the cycle. We have ovulation as a result of ovulation progesterone dries the mucus and changes the cervix so it's fascinating and amazing and very precise and very very elegantly beautiful the way that this works and we need to get to know it so how do you find the quality of your cervical mucus i hear you ask well initially you might think that it's a little bit tricky and it's a little bit difficult to do but let me remind you that your vulva and your vagina are innervated with thousands upon thousands of nerve endings. So we can actually feel just by sensing as we walk around during the day and we, uh, well, as we're walking around, gravity is going to be pulling down anything that is there in the cervix down through the vagina and across the vulva, spreading across the vulva as we walk. So we can actually sense and feel, do I feel dry? Do I feel moist? Do I feel slippery or wet? You know, that that is something that we actually have the capacity to do. We just have to train ourselves to bring our awareness and connection to that part of our body, which again is not something that we're educated to do, although it is actually something that is very natural for us to do. Another way that you may like to, you may like to visually and tangibly see the mucus and that's okay to start with if that's the way you would like to do it. I was taught the way that I just described and that's the way I have always done it but you can use some tissue, fold up a little square of toilet paper and every time you go to the toilet before you go to the toilet and then after you finish you use the square, a square of toilet paper and wipe from front to back, have a look at the tissue and then get a sense of the presence of the mucus and what that quality might be. From there you might actually be able to describe, have more description. So it may be dry, no specific mucus, no substantial mucus There may be a moistness or there may be a stickiness or which is like when it sort of breaks between your fingers. So you can pick it up and it breaks between your fingers. That would be sticky. The important thing to notice is that any change from dry, so you you menstruate, you have your bleeding, then you, you typically may have some dry days. Then as soon as you notice a presence of mucus whether it's sticky, creamy, slippery, wet, doesn't matter. The presence of anything, you always consider yourself fertile. And then the change from the, say, stickiness might move into creaminess. And this is where there's a progression of change of the mucus into the slippery and the wet quality of mucus, which is Huge water content. It has a very high lubricating effect. So you may notice that when you're walking around, you feel very, very lubricated. And it's not necessarily can sometimes be so wet that it's you can't actually pick it up, or it might have that slippery feeling that looks a bit like egg white. Whereas if you pick it up, it will stretch between your fingers. And there's a reason for this. There's a reason for on a physical level, the quality of the mucus is that stretchy, high water content, very alkaline mucus that supports sperm to be able to, it basically carries the sperm and supports it to swim like in channels all the way up to the cervix and then through to the uterus. So with a sticky with sticky mucus, it's probably less likely that sperm would be able to be carried up through the cervix and into the uterus, but we still consider the presence of any mucus a fertile time. So then your fertile window for the mucus may be from, you know, this is just an example. Every woman's body is going to be different. You may have five days of bleeding, then you may have, say, three days of dry. And then you may, from day 8 to day 13 or 14, may have this change in the quality of your mucus. Some women, and particularly as you approach closer to the age of 40 and then beyond, your mucus may be less present and may be more specifically just over a few days rather than longer days so studies have shown that younger women the presence of their mucus is much more abundant and then as women move towards those later years of their reproductive life their mucus levels or the changes in their mucus may may decrease somewhat And that's all changes according to how they're living and also because of the the changes in the body and the adjustments that it's making as it approaches towards menopause. So how do we know? What What does cervical mucus tell us? It tells us when we're leading up to ovulation and then when we go from that slippery wet day to dry the next day, it will always go from slippery wet to dry or the presence of Some kind of wetness to dry, then we know that that was ovulation. Some methods will just use mucus. For there's there's lots of other intricacies and rules around this when you're using it as a method. So that's not the intention of this episode. Is just to to give you an understanding of the three fertile signs. So in general, so the mucus tells you when you're leading up to ovulation, and it also tells you when you have ovulated in retrospect. So when you say, okay, I've gone from wet, next day dry, you can confirm after three days that that was ovulation. Now, generally what will happen is, or what it will happen after you've ovulated, and then you will be dry for the rest of the cycle. Ovulation has happened. So the production of the estrogen is, and and the stimulating of the follicle is complete. For that cycle ovulation has occurred so then we've got progesterone that peaks in the second half of the cycle or second part of the cycle and that takes us up to the day of bleeding first day of bleeding and from ovulation it will generally be about 11 to 14 days until first day of your cycle so that's number one cervical mucus like i said it's this amazing incredible part of our body that we all need to know much more about the second one is our basal body temperature so looking at our basal body temperature is when we're measuring our lowest resting temperature so this is when our body has been resting for at least about five hours so we want to do this first thing upon waking in the morning it's preferable that you take it around the same time every day and you use an ovulational fertility thermometer. So it's just a digital thermometer that in Australia we just get from the pharmacy and costs about $18, which is inexpensive for something that you're going to be using every day. And you, what I do is I just leave my thermometer on my phone and when my alarm goes off, I grab the, grab the thermometer and it's the first thing I do before I go to the toilet, before I have a drink of water, before I do anything else, take my temperature. You can actually then, the thermometer records it so you can write it down later on in your chart, but it needs to be taken first thing in the morning. And then you just make notes on your chart about, you know, whether you were sick at the time, because there's things that can then interfere with your basal body temperature, as can do with your cervical mucus as well. You know, whether you're sick, whether you might be taking medication, whether you're waking often throughout the night. Sometimes, you know, ch- mo- mothers, you know, have young children waking up to children. And then travel can also affect your basal body temperature and your cervical mucus. So like I said, it's something that you need to do every day. And what happens with Your basal body temperature is that in the first part of your cycle, you'll notice that it's lower in the chart, the temperatures. And then when ovulation has happened, there will be a distinct thermal shift where your temperature moves up about 0.2 degrees Celsius at least, and then is maintained for the remainder of the cycle. So That's the progesterone, and it only happens so that thermal shift happens as a result of ovulation. So we can't see as we can with the cervical mucus. We can't see that we're approaching ovulation just with the basal body temperature. This is why we use it as a backup to the cervical mucus. The cervical mucus tells us when we're leading up to ovulation, it also tells us when we have ovulated. And then our basal body temperature, our BBT, tells us when we have ovulated. So if we can use that as a backup and confirm what we've felt in our cervical mucus, which is a great way to sometimes you in the, initially you can be questioning, like, oh, do I was that really slippery wet and did it really go to dry? Well, if you're using your temperature as well as a backup, then that can confirm what you actually felt with your cervical mucus. So they're really complementary to each other. Cervical mucus you can use alone, basal body temperature you cannot because it's, oh, well, you can if you just wanted to confirm ovulation, but you can't see when you're leading up to ovulation. So it will, st- after that thermal shift, like I said, it will stay high for the remainder of the cycle, and that is the result of the progesterone warming the body warming the uterus and then when your temperature drops so what you'll probably notice at the end of your cycle you'll wake up one morning you take your temperature and you'll notice that it has dropped well below the high temperatures that have been there for the last 11 to 14 days and then once that you see that drop you can be pretty much guaranteed that you will get your period that day. If you haven't already got it throughout the night. So that's your basal body temperature. And the last one we're going to look at is the cervical position. So cervical position, this is one that I find absolutely fascinating in terms of how the cervix, its intelligence works. It's not something that I personally use, but I nevertheless always explain it so that women can understand and use it if they want to, and also understand just the, the incredible way that the cervix works and responds to hormones. So I touched on it before that we are looking, or the way that the cervix changes throughout the cycle is that in the first part of the cycle, it is responding to estrogen and it is producing the cervical mucus. So it's going to be quite wet. So if we were to actually touch the cervix, so this is where you would insert your fingers into usually your middle finger into the vagina and get a sense of the cervix around ovulation or leading up to ovulation it's going to become much more wet it's also going to be much softer and it lifts up so it's going to be higher and it's more open so there is an acronym for that so soft high open and wet is show so that's a way to remember what happens in the first part of your cycle in response to estrogen then once ovulation has occurred progesterone has an effect on the cervix as I said before and that has an effect on the mucus so it closes the cervix to rise the mucus the cervix comes down so it's lower and it's firmer so it's like if you were to touch the tip of your nose it's that kind of firmness the cervix. So this is a way, another way, I guess, another backup that you could use to confirm ovulation. Like I said, it's not one that I necessarily teach or encourage women to use, but some women do want and needs a, an extra confirmation, and this is this is one that is um very viable to use as a backup. Also, something to be aware of is that women who have vaginally delivered a child may have a slightly open cervix anyway. So, that's something to just be aware of in terms of the difference between pre and post ovulation. So, there's much more detail, but this gives you an overview of the three fertile signs. Like I said a number of times in this podcast, and probably will say throughout most of these episodes is that all girls and women should know that this happens. They should know this as the very basic basis of education in their health. So when it comes to understanding their bodies, this should be what we all know. And, you know, completely fascinated by how our bodies work and the intricate detail and responses that our bodies have in terms of the hormonal changes. It's um, it's a great way to appreciate what's going on in our bodies rather than being thinking that we're at the mercy of all this stuff that's happening to us. And, you know, just getting to appreciate that our bodies are actually really quite incredible and that they're pretty amazing. So in summary, let's just go over what we've talked about. Ovulation is essential knowledge. Yes. Ovulation is essential for your health. Yeah, it's really important. It's what makes hormones. The lead-up to ovulation, we're making estrogen. And or the lead-up to the, the egg being released, we're making estrogen. Then we're making progesterone. These two hormones specifically are not just about pregnancy. They are vital, important, essential hormones for our overall health and well-being. Hundreds and hundreds of physiological functions in our body rely on estrogen and progesterone. We'll talk about that in another episode. So the three main fertile signs are cervical mucus, your basal body temperature, and your cervical position. And then we have got the signs for cervical mucus to look out for. The different qualities would be dry, moist, sticky, creamy, slippery and wet. Go have a look at my Instagram if you want to have a look a little bit more detail about that. So if you want to find out more about this you can actually get my free ebook which is available at the time of recording this episode for free on my website for a limited time so you can head over and download that on followyourflow.com.au. Also check out the website for the upcoming course, formalising what I have been doing with women for many years, and that's Cycle Wise Woman, and it's for you if you're interested in getting to know your cycle and the principles of fertility awareness, putting it into practice and using it as a method of contraception or to achieve pregnancy, and/or to simply know your body much more intimately, and we could definitely all do with more of that. So thank you very much for being with me in this episode. That's all from me for now.
1: You're listening to Follow Your Flow podcast with Sarah Harris. Subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and get in touch. All details on www.followyourflow.com.au slash podcast.